Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. This series we called Divine Turning Points for a reason because we all face opportunities in our lives. And um, they're decisions that we have about all kinds of things, relationships uh, or our purpose and direction in life or our careers or our friends or, or like college or our financial lives, and they go on and on and on, all kinds of decisions we make all the time. There are always forks in the road, whether we see them or not. And so we've been talking for the past few weeks in this series about how to identify those forks in the road and and then make the decisions, take the steps that lead us to the road that honors God, not just us. And that might be different for you. The the first week of this series, we talked about how to start 2023 on purpose, on mission, that that you have that decision right in front of you and you can grab a hold of it. You can do something about that, but it will take effort on your part and decisiveness. And and then we talked about um, how, how serving is actually the heartbeat of what it means to follow Christ and that you and I always have opportunities in front of us to serve other people, uh, to turn outward in our focus towards others or to turn inward and only serve ourselves. And, and how if I only focus on me, then I'm the only one that gets taken care of. But if I serve you and then you serve me, it's, it's really the best way to live. And, uh, and then uh, we talked about how I always have a choice in front of me to be generous or not. Well, um, there's one last divine turning point that I want us to talk about today, and it's one that that we face every single day. And this is going to date me, okay, but I grew up watching the Indiana Jones movies with my brother and with my dad, and they were really uh, great fun, and Raiders of the Lost Ark was the first one, and then Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and then Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, Indiana Jones is, you know, he's the archaeologist who goes on all these adventures trying to recover stolen artifacts. And there's this one scene where he's facing these tests in front of him that that he has to figure out. And he's also being pursued. He's being chased. and, and, And so he comes to this place in this cave where there's this massive chasm in front of him, but, but, but he knows he has to get to the other side to continue his journey. And it's, it's just not apparent how he's going to do it because there's literally nothing in front of him, but a thousand foot drop off. And he's been told that there's a pathway ahead, that there's a way across that he just has to figure it out. And to do that, he just needs to have faith. That's what he's been told, but there's nothing there. And all of his fear which is growing with with everything he sees physically, is saying, don't you dare take a step. But then deep down, Indiana Jones finds his faith and he decides to trust what he's been told to do. And so he just takes a step and his foot goes out over nothing. And just when you think he's going to fall, the bottom of his shoe hits solid rock. There's been this bridge there all along. It was just something that he was not able to see. It's this picture of of life, isn't it? Like like my life has 
has come with more than a good bit of opportunities for, for fear. Um, from middle school on, I, I remember choices that I had to make. Am I going to be his friend or not? Am I going to ask her to the dance or not? What's my career path going to look like? What's it going to be? Am, am I going to uh, go to college? And if so, where am I going to go? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? Who, who am I going to be with? Are we going to have kids? How do I raise these kids that I, that I now have? And um, like, am I, am I going to ask her out? Should I invest in this or that? Are we going to start this church or not? Do I trust that God's going to provide? Or is my fear that he isn't going to just going to sideline me? Really, every major and even every minor decision, when, you, when it comes down to it, comes with two opportunities, with two pathways. There's the pathway of fear, where we become consumed by all the things that are going to go wrong if we take this step or make that particular decision. So, sometimes we can even get petrified, like, like trying to find out more and more and more about something when we just need to decide. I mean, I can definitely be like that, where, where I just need a little bit more information. I just need a little bit more before I make the decision. I just need to do a little more uh, research. Sometimes that's a good thing, but other times it can just stoke the fire of fear in me. And I bet you might be like that too. Other times we operate more out of fear because we're focused on the wrong things. We're just focused on the wrong things. We get preoccupied over the things that um, at the end of the, the day don't really matter at the expense of the things that do matter. And there's this, this, this great, in the middle of that, kind of weird story in the New Testament that illustrates this, how our tendency even when we have the answer right in front of us, is to think about the things that are chasing us or, or all the reasons not to take a step of faith. So Jesus had gotten uh, in this boat with the disciples to, to cross uh, a lake and a storm comes up and, and Jesus is asleep. And of course, um, the storm comes up, it's raging around them. Jesus is asleep. The disciples freak out. They wake up Jesus, who apparently is, uh, is like a very deep sleeper. Okay, you, you ever been violently shaken awake? My kids have done that to me, especially when they were, when they were smaller, uh, like doing wrestling leaps from the top ropes of the corner of the bed onto me when I'm asleep. And I, I got to tell you, you don't ever wake up in a good mood when that happens. Jesus is like, hey, don't you have any faith? Do this yourself. But he gets up and he starts talking to the wind and the waves, okay? And, and they listen to him and they stop, you know, like, a, like a, a normal boat ride on Lake Norman. I bet you don't talk to the wind or the waves, but Jesus did. Now the disciples whisper, whisper at that moment to themselves, did you see that? Like, who is this guy? Really, really, who is this guy? The wind and the waves obeyed him. And that's where we pick up the story that I want you to see today. It says this, when he arrived at the other side in the region of, uh, of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men come from the tombs. They met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. Now, I don't want to go down a rabbit uh, hole here, but it's, it's actually kind of disrespectful to the text to say that they, they simply had a mental illness. I mean, obviously mental illness is, is real and it's an epidemic in our day. Uh, and there, there are spiritual forces at play in our world too. Jesus 
believed this. And if he believed it, then I'm just going to say it's good enough for me. Satan and his fallen angels are actively trying to thwart the work of God through his son Jesus in our world today. And this kind of story happens all over the place in the Gospels. And, And here are two men possessed by demons, it says, who were so violent with everyone they came into contact with that nobody could do anything with them. Nobody could even walk past these guys. They had likely been ostracized into these tombs because the people of the town had basically pushed them away. They'd pushed them out of town and they see Jesus coming. And and very interestingly, they know exactly who he is. Even when just a minute ago, the disciples themselves had questioned his identity in the boat. There's a spiritual world at work here and, and they know who he is. Here's what they say. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? They even know that there's an appointed time for God to judge the world and everything and everyone in it. They they know that they are included in that appointed time. And they're suddenly not so brave not so like raucous, not so loud, not so ready to incite violence. You ever, uh, you ever seen a bully get bullied? It's, it's kind of a beautiful thing to watch. Like here's where it gets even weirder though in this story. Here's what it says. Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. They needed somewhere to go, and and Jesus needed them out of these men. And so Jesus granted their request. He said to them, it says, he said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. A quick aside, okay? The, The goal of demonic spiritual forces is the death of anything they are associated with. Unquestionably, that is their goal. And so they come out of these men, go into the pigs, and the whole herd of pigs goes off a cliff and dies. I told you, it's a crazy story that goes on. Those tending the pigs, they ran off. They went into the town and reported all of this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Can you imagine that? Uh, story, like the pig herders story back to their town. Hey guys, like you're, you're really not going to believe this, but, um, and, and they probably don't believe them. The, the town people probably don't believe them. Wh- who would believe that story if they hadn't seen it for themselves? Jesus sent demons into the pigs and they, they just took off and they ran off a cliff. I'm guessing at least some of the townspeople were like, seriously dudes, like seriously, that's your story. Are you sure that you didn't just, I don't know, lose the pigs yourselves because you weren't paying attention? Because it sounds like you're trying to cover your own rear end. And so basically they all go and see for themselves. It says that then the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they they pleaded with him to leave their region. That's from Matthew chapter eight. It says the whole town goes out. This has caused quite a stir. The whole town goes out to the fields around the outskirts of, of the town and they see Jesus there. And 
And honestly, what happens next is really one of the saddest verses in all of the scriptures. It says, when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave the region. They asked Jesus, the miracle worker, like the, the, the one who restored sight to the blind, made the lame walk again, the one who healed these two guys who had been uh, tormented and they had tormented them. And now they could see them standing there calmly restored to their right mind. They asked that Jesus to leave. Faith or fear? What's it going to be? Like, how will you choose to approach your life? How will you choose to approach Jesus? Walking toward him in faith or walking away from him in fear? That's your choice. It's my choice. But your decision in that will determine so much about your life going forward. Faith or fear? Faith or fear? So um, a few thoughts about this story for you today. First is this. Jesus comes to bring peace to your life. And sometimes it's a hard-fought peace. I'm not just talking about the, the concept of, of like peace as, as tranquility, as, as nothing ever bothers me, a, a physical peace. I, I remain unruffled in the most difficult of circumstances. That kind of peace uh, is the kind of peace that it's just associated with like Eastern mysticism. It's this, it's, it's this, this calmness. We're talking about a deeper peace than that. He's come to restore peace between you and God. He's, he's offering to walk into your world with, with, with all of your world's relative chaos, and he's offering to reestablish connection. You know, you, you ever had a problem with the power in your house or in your apartment or, or even the internet? You know, it's out, first world problems, right? And you go all over the house, you're troubleshooting everything you can think of, except maybe the simplest, most like important and foundational thing. And, and you're wandering around in the dark, maybe knocking things over, the kids are running around, wild chaos is ensuing. And then it finally hits you. The breakers just tripped or that thing is just unplugged. And all you have to do to fix it is to plug it back in. Jesus is coming to do the most basic and profound of things reestablish connectivity. And so he, he reaches past the chaos, even past the violence, past the bad behaviors, past the addictions, past everything until he gets right to the source of the problem in us. And he says, let's start here and work our way out. Not, not fix everything that's wrong with your life, but dealing with the source issue, the most basic problem your broken relationship with God. His peace might be actually disruptive. It might shake the town up. It might shake you up, but make no mistake, his goal for you is peace with God the Father, and he will go to great lengths to see that happen. There's something else we see going on here too, and, and I gotta say that it's unsettling, but it is reality. The people in this town were concerning themselves with some other things that really weren't the main thing. They just weren't the main thing. Here's what was going on with, with them, but, but then let's talk about it as it relates to you and me. They were more concerned over the death of some pigs and what it was gonna do to them, maybe even financially, than the recovery and redemption of two demonized people. 
These two guys went from death to life right before their very eyes. And yet all we see their concern for is the pigs. And maybe more so, they they just weren't happy about the disruption to their lives that Jesus had brought. They were afraid of what else he might do. And they just wanted him gone. Jesus will stop at nothing to pursue your redemption. Uh, Are you willing to let Jesus in, even if it gets messy, maybe even scary? They they were more concerned over the pigs than the potential for Jesus to do more work in their area. This is a question for, for the church. Are you more concerned about, I don't know, fill in the blank, than the potential for Jesus to do more work here? Let's, let's fill in that blank with some things. Maybe we're more concerned with how different a new facility is going to feel than, than the current one, or what we might not have that we now have when we move, or that it might require a little more of me, and I'm not sure I like that. Or what my friend might think about me if I invite them to church. What, what work does Jesus want to do here? And how can I join him? Maybe that's the question you need to be asking. They were more concerned about the pigs than one more thing too. The opportunity to spend more time with Jesus himself. You know, fear can cause us to easily lose sight of what matters the most. And this is where fear is a strong adversary in our lives. They they told Jesus to leave. And when they did that, well, they missed out on a chance to be close to the Son of God the savior of the world, the one who loved them more than anyone else did or anyone else could. What a shame. What a mistake. Let me ask you this final question. Just answer it wherever you are. Are you willing to come to Jesus open-hearted with an attitude of surrender? Because he's inviting you and me into that place constantly where, where yes, it can be scary, yes, It can be disruptive to my life. And yes, I may have to put my foot out over the edge of a cliff without seeing the landing spot. But when you've experienced even a little bit of life with him, it just makes everything else pale in comparison. The the people of that town had to settle for Jesus walking away. And they just went back to life the way they'd always done life Perhaps with a nagging question, what would have happened here in us, in me, if we had just invited him to stay? I don't want you to feel that way. You don't have to live that way, but the choice you'll have to make, the the divine turning point in front of you, is to choose faith and not fear. You you may be pushing him uh, away. You You may have said, I'm not sure I want you near me, Jesus, you may have said to him, will you just leave me alone? But right now, he's inviting you past that. He's inviting you to put that aside and respond. He's inviting you to say yes to him. Yes, Jesus, to what you did for me on the cross. Yes, you rose from the dead. Yes, that tomb was empty. Yes, that means I don't have to walk through life alone. And yes, that means I can trust that you're going to go ahead of me. You're beside me. And yes, you've made a way for my relationship with the Father to be restored. No more guilt.
No more shame. Would you just say yes to faith over fear? I'd like to lead you in a prayer to do just that. Father, you invite us all the time into faith, even when we're afraid, even in the middle of of fear. You invite us to step out over that ledge and put our feet down. And it's not blind faith. It's simply a step. Uh, It's an informed faith, knowing that you're there, that you're going to catch us. Uh, God, there are some who may be watching and listening right now who are ready to take a step of faith for the very first time in you. All you have to do is to say, yes, Jesus, I surrender. Yes, I give you my life. Yes, I put myself at your feet. Yes, I choose today faith. I invite you into my heart, into my life, and I surrender myself to you. And God, you promise when we make that prayer and say it heartfelt that you will do just that. You will restore, you will redeem, and you will live with us. We thank you for that new life, God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.